It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on AM 750 and now 95.5 FM News Talk WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.06 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. I'm here to help you be more successful in doing whatever you want to do or don't want to do in your landscape. And this past week, I had to advise one of my neighbors. It was uh, My neighbor Kim called me and said, Hey, man, I got these dead spots in my St. Augustine lawn. I already sprayed for chinch bugs like you told me to, but I want to make sure you've got them all dead. I don't know what they look like. Can you come look? And so I went and pulled by his house uh, yesterday afternoon, I guess, and was out there on my hands and knees <laughs> examining his grass when his wife, Ms. Kim, came out and says, Hey, what are you doing out here? I said, I'm looking for chinch bugs because Mr. Kim's worried about the chinch bugs out here, and they're still here. Tell him to spray again out here. So that's what I've been doing is examining other folks' lawns for chinch bugs. If you have St. Augustine grass, as I do, as my neighbor does, you need to be sure and check if you have unexplained brown patches right now. I would say you got it and don't even don't even go looking for it. I can tell you in a little bit how to how to find out if you have chinch bugs or an insect that kills grass, kills St. Augustine grass, and they do need to be controlled with insecticide. Uh, Ashley Frasca, you want to do the weekend prize pack? All right, Ashley says yes, we can do the weekend prize pack right now. Why don't we do that? Ashley will think of a number between two and seven. That will determine who wins a pair of tickets to see Air Supply in concert August 26th at Atlanta Symphony Hall, produced by ASO Presents. And here's the cool part. A Spa Sidel $100 gift certificate that will get you a nice massage, a <sighs> nice pedicure manicure. That sounds really nice. Oh, doesn't I'm it? I'm jealous so? of Caller 3. I've been to Spa Sidel, and as she says, Caller 3. All right, work for it. Be pretty when you go to see the Air Supply, 404 741 0750 404 0750 Our phone number 404 872 0750 If you have a garden question, who comes first? Uh, Chuck up in Marietta. Chuck, join us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Walter. Good morning. Good morning. Good Listen, morning. I've got, uh, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Uh, <laughs> I planted out in front as a, uh, this is a pretty uh, entranceway to my house, uh, May. Night sage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty plain. Sure. And it gets sun probably seven full sun southern exposure seven hours a day, and I gave it the general plant food food, but after I planted it, uh, I only got like six spikes on each side. They mm. went away, and then the leaves grew to enormous size. Instead of being small leaves, yeah, they look like cucumbers almost. Wow. Yeah. No flowers. Huh. Uh, the, the leaves being so big is curious to me because that's not that's not my experience with May night flowering sage. Yeah, hmm. they're kind of flopping over. They're you know they're that big. They're six seven yeah. inches long, and I just I gave it the general plant food, water it. You know, it's just thriving. No purple flowers. Well, I say, Chuck, we stop fertilizing. Don't give them any more, certainly, and let it figure out what it's doing on its own because I can't figure out anything better to do. So leave it alone. Do I share it down here in the fall? 
Um, it's going to die back in the wintertime. It'll leave a little rosette of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, rosette of leaves down right at the ground level. But everything above two inches, let's say, is going to be dead, and that can be just cut back. All right. Let me take a drink of water here. My brain, my <clears throat> throat is getting mm, clogged up. Um, so the the other thing that I've noticed with uh, the sage, Chuck, is that you need to once it has flowered the first time and mine flowered this year when was it around the first to the middle of may i guess is when i first got the flower spikes so once it has bloomed pretty good um and then the flower spikes will look sort of bedraggled shear them off then and it'll get another bloom period mid to late summer again so that's important to give it a chance to flower twice for you all right then i'll give it a shot all right all right nothing to it thanks for calling chuck one of the things that I want you to look for now, if you have low-growing ground covers, low-growing ground covers, even some of the taller plants like um, Black-Eyed Susan, uh, Coneflower, things like that, but in particular the lower-growing plants are the ones that I've seen this on twice in the last two weeks, and that is a disease called Southern Blight. That's exactly what it's called, Southern Blight. And my friend Mary Kay sent me a picture of her Creeping Jenny. You know what Creeping Jenny is? The golden stuff that just spreads like crazy across the ground. It's only about an inch and a half high, but it makes a great sun-loving ground cover. Creeping Jenny, a lot of people have it. But Mary Kay's uh, Creeping Jenny had a spot that she said expanded from six inches wide to about a foot wide to about two foot wide in about seven days. Dead, completely dead in these big spots and expanding. And she sent a picture of that to her to our colleague in, in Athens, Gene uh, Woodward, who's a big uh, pathologist over there. And Gene said, oh, man, you wouldn't believe the, the samples we've gotten in the disease lab in Athens. It's called Southern Blight. It's a disease that is exacerbated by, you guess it, high temperatures and high humidity. We've had lots and lots of that for the last month at least, 95 degrees, come on. And when you get that high, the leaves of plants have a really hard time defending themselves against uh, um, predators, against disease. And also, if you have sporadic rainfall, so you get high humidity around the roots and water around the roots uh, on a sporadic level, then that makes the roots more susceptible to the southern blight. And then last night, just before I went to sleep, I got another email. A fellow said, I have some uh, mazes, reptans, a little bugle, not bugle weed, but mazes is what a lot of people call it. Another low-growing ground cover. He said, I've got a spot. It was about six inches wide a couple of days ago, and now it's about 12 inches wide. What's going on? He sent me a picture. There it is. Another friend has a Georgia Blue Veronica a uh, spot that's probably three feet wide right now, and about half of it has been eaten away by, you guessed it, southern blight. What can you do? Not much. And this is the real discouraging thing. You just can't do much. The fungus is in the soil most of the time anyway. You can't eliminate it from the soil. One of the solutions is to dig out the bed in which southern blight has been um, discovered on your plants and then replaced with fresh soil from uh, a good reputable brand of, of topsoil or soil that can fill in there. Scott's brand is good. Uh, Home Depot has a couple of brands that uh, do real nicely. The Pike brand uh, container soil even could be used in places like that. But Southern Blight is wiping out ground covers all over the city. 
check your ground covers and see if you see little spots that start about four inches wide and go to 12 and go to 18 and go to 24 over about five days. That is southern blight. And again, there's not much of any kind of spray that will stop it. The only thing that stops it is cooler temperatures during the day and cooler temperatures during the night. Pat is in Dallas, Georgia, and Pat joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Pat, good morning. Oh, good morning. How can I help? Uh, I have saucer magnolias, and uh, they're pretty tall right now. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask, when's the appropriate time to cut them back, or can I? You can cut them back, but if you do it now, look out at the tips of the branches, and you'll see these little fuzzy buds. Mm-hmm. That's your flowers in February of next year. Right. So I... what happens when Pat cuts them back? All those little buds are gone, and you get no flowers. Right. But... Um... Uh, should I cut them back right after they bloom? Bingo. And and um, okay. And at that point, I can cut them back as far as I want to, right? Pretty Without. much. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't cut it down to a stump or anything. No, but, but yeah. But. And and truthfully, Pat, if there's some reason that you need to cut them back now, it doesn't hurt the tree itself particularly to shorten a limb because it scrapes, scrapes the car as you come down the driveway or uh, you know, hits your face when you mow the lawn or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you can cut those out back with no problem. But if you do any kind of big shearing of the tips, again, that's where the flowers are and they're already forming right now. Right. I mean, they grow pretty tall. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can be easily 20 feet tall. The ones that I saw in Amsterdam were 30 to 40. They're can get oh, pretty feet. big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but, I would say mine are about uh, 25 feet. Nice. Very. What color do they bloom, Pat? A kind of a purplish mm-hmm. pink. Mm-hmm. That's pretty typical, common in the pink and purple and lavender shades is where they usually bloom. But again, you make your decision right now. If you want to prune it because you just have to, it won't hurt the tree. But if you want to do it at the right time and not knock off the blooms, then do it right after it finishes blooming. Next uh, March is probably a good time. March or April would be a fine time. Oh, okay. Um, can I ask you about blueberries? If it's pretty quick, you can. Okay. Um, I, I've pruned mine just slightly in the past, mm-hmm. but uh, they're around five feet. Uh-huh. So um, should I prune now or wait? Why? Why do you want to prune? Well... I just thought it would produce more in the future. And I know it's if it's in full far. sun, and if it seems to be pretty full of foliage right now, it if is. it seems that way and seems pretty healthy, no, there's no re- reason to prune. Oh, okay. The reason okay. people prune blueberries is when they're ten feet, ten, yeah, ten, ten years old and ten feet high, and they can't pick the blueberries at the top, and so they prune one of the two or three interior old branches out and uh, shorten the plant. And that's really the only reason in full sun that you'd want to prune a blueberry. Oh, I mean, mine are pretty right now. No, if they're pretty, they're leave pretty. them alone, Pat. Leave, leave them, them alone. alone. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye. 404 Get you in to take Pat's place at 717. And we'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. Same old place, same old city. What can I do? I 
And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Well, it's going to be a little hot today. But if you're going to Athens for Fan Day, which I hope a lot of you are, Ashley Frasco will be there today for Bulldog Fan Day. Then the high is going to be in the low 90s this afternoon, maybe low to mid 90s relief, maybe a little bit of chance to release this evening with scattered showers. Bring your sunscreen, of course, mid 90s overnight, and mostly the same thing tomorrow. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Kathy is in Woodstock, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Kathy, good morning. Oh, good morning, Walter. I have some emerald green arborvitae trees that I transplanted this spring. And the branches are splayed out. You know, they're not, it's not the nice compact. Ah, okay, okay. So branches are splayed out and flopping around. The top flops over when it rains and uh, when it's windy, so I've put some wire mm-hmm. around it to kind of try to train everything to be more compact. The color is not the dark green color either. Okay. So I want to tell you what I also did when I amended the soil. I may This may be the reason. I put uh, mushroom compost and manure mm-hmm. mixed it into the clay soil but I may have put too much of that in. So I don't know what the reason is that the arborvitaes are not compact. You know, they're, you know the branches are all flopping all around. Do you have any Num- Number one, I have congratulations for you because oh. I have planted four, one, two, three, four arborvitae. How many of mine survive to this day? One. So oh. keeping yours alive already, I know that you're a smart gardener, Kathy, because you're better than me. The well, I, yeah, I've been watering them like you every have to other be. Day, I can I water. can tell how well you've done, but I think your theory is probably close to the mark. That <clears throat> excuse me, by putting all the uh, manure and the um, extra nutrients, I guess we'd say, in there when you planted it, may well have pushed on more growth than the stems could support, and that's why it flopped outwards on there. But I think that you are doing exactly what I think I would do, which is to get some kind of support for the limbs, and we won't fertilize them anymore if it's established. And when did you say you planted it, Kathy? Well, I transplanted them. So um, I had planted them on the other side of the house for about three months. And then I moved them in the spring. This this past spring, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Is it like transplant shock or something? I don't think it's shock. I think it's uh, too much nutrients, whatever adjective we want to use for that. I put more, you know, you're supposed to like amend uh, like half of the native soil. Yeah. And I think I amended too much with manure and mushroom compost. I think so, too. And I think it's going to grow out of it. I think you'll be fine, and they'll be fine. But no more mushroom compost or even fertilizer. I don't think there's anything necessary. The water, you've done a terrific job by transplanting in the spring and keeping the water during the summer. Not many people could do that, but you have, so success to you on that. But I think that as time goes on, as as they get more happy with the the, uh, site that they're in, and stop growing so fast, and with your support with the wire that you have around them already, I think they're going to be fine. Arborvitae naturally wants to be that that conical form, you know, broad at the base, about four or five feet wide at the base, and going up to the uh, tip, and I think that'll be just fine. 
So you don't think I need to just take them out and start all over? Oh, okay. I'm the kind of gardener who, if a plant is growing and seems to be healthy at least, which yours is, I leave them alone. I figure the plant knows what it wants to do, and there's no particular reason for it not to resume growing the way that it should. Okay, so you just think this is like a product of fast growth, and that's why the branches are like growing and flopping all That around. is my bet, yes. Okay, and you think it'll grow out of it and be compact again? Uh, you know, most plants have a genetic predisposition to be the form that that, that is their form. That's why the arborvitaes are selected so often. It's because they do exactly the same in every situation, given the right amount of fertilizer. They grow in their nice, conical, narrow form, and that's what I think yours is going to assume okay. as soon as it gets used to being where it well, is. Great. That's very encouraging. Thanks a lot, Walter. By the way, Kathy, I took a picture uh, when I was in, uh, let's see, we must have still in near Seattle, I think it was, we went to this nice uh, farm-to-table garden for lunch, and there was a line of arborvitae there, uh, and they were planted about six feet apart from each other, I guess, six or seven feet apart from each other, 20 in a row. They were the most perfect-looking screen in the whole wide world, and I took a picture of them because I thought, this is what an arborvitae screen is supposed to look like. They looked awesome. So yeah. uh, yours hopefully will do what you want to do in your landscape soon, sooner rather than later. It'll grow and be a nicely shaped okay. plant. that's great to know. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for calling. Okay. 404 is the number. We'll be talking about replacing a crepe myrtle with Randy in a few minutes. Richard has a question about his knockout rose. It might have a fungus. Gene has rose rosette. His rose may not be in such good health either. Calvin says that his uh, Granny Smith apples are rotting. What's going on there? We'll find out right after this. Now, more of the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 FM and AM 750 News Talk WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your Lawn and Garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.35 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do, as long as you do it before it turns 94 degrees this afternoon. If I were you, I would get it done before noon. And if you have questions about what you ought to be doing, uh, watering, fertilizing, trimming, pruning, planting, whatever you want to do, give me a call, 404-872-0750. Randy is in Sonoy and joins us on Lawn and Garden. You can have Ashley Frasca. Says she wants to talk about something before Randy gets here. Yes, Miss Frasca. Our weed of the week. I promised you I would do weed of the week, and I forgot. That's okay. Randy, hold on, because we have very important breaking news right now. Ashley has found another weed in her lawn that she wants to be sure that everybody knows about. That's so sad that it's breaking news that I have weeds. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, why? Well, no, this is our 22nd weed of the week since the spring. Can you believe we've been doing it that long? My friends, in just a minute, we're going to tell you how to see all of Ashley's weeds, so stick around for that. But what did you find this week? All right, this was a... a Tall, kind of thorny one, and not huge thorns, just little spiky thorns. Okay. But the most distinctive thing I noticed, green leaves, pretty plain otherwise, okay. 
but it looked like it had a small cluster of little tiny green tomatoes on it. And then the uh, ones that I had let grow a little bit taller had small, light, light purple flowers on them. I hated that plant. When I was a kid, it would grow very low in the pasture, and we walked barefooted in the pasture, and it is horse nettle, horse nettle. And those little green fruity things on there, are it's a member of the tomato family. That's why they look like tomatoes. That is so strange. It's so unique. Yeah, yeah. But the leaves, if you look at them, they vaguely look like tomato leaves. And the flowers on it, pretty close to a tomato flower. They're all same family members. And that's how plants are classified, is how the flowers and fruit look. And so horse nettle was my nemesis in the pastures of my barefoot boyhood days. Because Ouch. you sue that and spiny amaranth. If you see spiny amaranth in your in your uh, yard, then actually we're going to pull it up. We're going to spray it with bug with plant killer. Well, and with this one, I noticed, I mean, the stalks were maybe not even a foot high, but no. if I just, with my gloves, went to the very, very base where it was growing out of the ground, I could yank it up without getting stuck by the thorns. So, but I will post the really cool picture I have Good. of the little mini tomatoes. Little fruit, you got the little fruit over there? Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Great, yep. great, great. Uh, WSBradio.com. Okay. And in the search bar, folks can go to Weed of the Week, and then they'll see the entire photo album that we've kept since the spring of all the uh, weeds. Help you identify horse, your weeds. Horse nettle. What a, what a bad plant. All right. Ashley Frasca's Weed of the Week. WSBradio.com. Just put Weed of the Week in the search line, and there you will see 20... What did you say? 22, actually. This is our 22nd one. Look at us. 22 weeds of the week that we have put on since the beginning of the year. All right, Randy and Sonoy, now it's your turn. Join us on Lawn and Garden, Randy. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help, Randy? I've got a large white crepe myrtle that's about four feet from the house. It's probably 12 feet tall, and it's got little myrtles that pop up everywhere. Yeah. And it's just too big, and I need to... Either replace it or just remove it. Okay. And the root system is just everywhere. Mm, yeah. There, I, you know, sometimes Randy, I am tempted to classify crepe myrtle as a weed, and for everybody who knows what the definition of a weed is, a weed is a plant that makes a gardener unhappy, and crepe myrtle roots, when the little sprouts come up that you can't control. Doggone close to weeds. That is really close to a weeds definition. So, what are your options? What do you want to replace it with? And what are you what are you asking me? Well, a Japanese maple would be the primary thing I'd like to put there. Oh yeah, terrific. Keep it controlled, but getting rid of the root system. I don't know if I need to get out there with an axe and a chainsaw. <laughs> as much of the root system as you can. I mean, I can't tell you to be, you know, you're not superhuman. You can't get every root out of the ground for the crepe myrtle. You just can't do that. So what you do is you get as much as you possibly can. You plant the jack maple in the middle, and for the next year or so, you may notice little crepe myrtle sprouts 5, 10, 15 feet away from where the original one was, and simply clip them, cut them, spray them with Roundup, whatever you want to do. As long as you are cutting the leaves off of those sprouts, the roots are slowly dying. The roots are starving. So that's what you do. You keep the crepe myrtle from ever coming back, and you enjoy the Japanese maple, and life goes on. 
All right. Well, that sounds good. I know I've been pulling them up and people have been wanting them because they're a beautiful white crepe myrtle and they wow. really grow good. Maybe you could charge them for the sprouts, Randy. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> Five bucks, ten bucks maybe. Uh, bring her and do that. And you know, Randy, one more thing. Sonoy is so pretty now. I got to tell you, Sonoy has turned into such a beautiful little town that I'm really proud of you and the other folks who live around there for doing such a good job. And of course, walk, The Walking Dead has something to do with that. But Sonoy right. is really a nice little place to come to. Yeah, I love it down here. It's, yeah. it's beautiful and it's a nice place. Nice place. So, everybody in Sonoy. Everybody that knows how to pronounce S-E-N-O-I-A, it is Sonoy, and it is not Sonoya. It is Sonoy. Enjoy it, Randy. Drive safely, man. We'll see you soon. Thank you. It's 7.40 on a Saturday morning. That gives Richard his turn. Richard's out in Canton and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Richard. Good morning. Good morning. What you got? Well, we have a knockout rose that has some real strange growth on it. Look out. Talk to Uh, me. uh, it's shriveled up. Some of the leaves look fine. Some of the growth is all shriveled up and uh, looks real bad. We've been mm-hmm. told it's got some kind of fungus that needs to be, the whole bush needs to be dug up and yeah. got rid of. I got worse news than that. It's not a fungus. It's a virus. And when you have a virus, you know, the common cold, and you and me, there's no drug that treats viruses in humans or in plants. And that's why the advice, if this is rose rosette, as I suspect, that's why you pull the whole thing up. You can't consider rose rosette virus. Rose rosette. Yeah. Because it makes the ends of the branches shrivel up and look real gnarly looking and sometimes thorny, sometimes red, sort of a reddish color that's unlike anything else on the plant. Yep. But the the gnarly part (laughs) that you notice first, that's rose rosette virus. Pull it up. When we, we have actually already dug it up. Good. And the roots on it look real white on the ends. Hmm. And... Should we get rid of all the soil that was around the roots? Well, it depends. What do you want to plant there in the future? I don't know what we're going to plant there yet, but I've already dug the hole out, and I've saved all the soil that was in the hole. I've got a yeah. five-gallon bucket-sized hole. Well, there's, there's some good news here, and that is if you don't plan to put another rose there, rose rosette virus only affects roses. Oh. So you could so, put anything else you feel like as long right, as it's not a rose. Don't be concerned what the soil had in it or whatever. No, no, not at all. Okay. And there are those who say that they've had rose rosette virus and have planted um, annuals and perennials and things in a bed where they wanted eventually to have a rose again, and they just observed the bed for a couple of years, making sure that no root sprouts had been left behind accidentally. And when they saw no root sprouts coming up from any rose root parts that were left, they planted another rose there. It was perfectly happy. Okay. Luckily, this rose was totally away from the other roses that yeah. we got. So. Yeah. Well, we'll you'll be fine. Put something different there. Put something different there, and you'll be fine. Thank you very much. You bet, Richard. Thanks for calling. Okay. Now, a follow-up question about rose rosette virus comes from Gene up in San, up in uh, Duluth. What are you seeing, Gene? Hey, man. Uh, on uh, 141, right in the median there, you know, one of the little townships. Yeah. 
uh, the whole bed is thick with rose rosette. Now, how do we get the township to dig those things up and get rid of them before they spread to other people around there? That is the real the real yeah. key, because rose rosette virus is spread by a little tiny, and I mean teensy-weensy, mite. And the mite, mm-hmm. when they spread, they spread just on the wind. They're so tiny that the wind just blows it away like blowing flour mm-hmm. in, the, in the air. And so somebody needs to go jump up and down. I mean, honestly, truly, somebody needs to go jump up and down at a city council meeting or maybe the city manager who manages that uh, median and say, these need to come out now. The man on the radio said... This is Rose Rosette virus, and make sure, Gene, that you have absolutely positively identified it, and you're knowledgeable enough to know what it looks mm-hmm. like. Oh, yeah. And just yeah. go in and say, look, these can infect every rose in Johns Creek if you're not careful. Right, it right, spreads right. very readily. And you might mention to whoever does the removal that the plants themselves, you don't put them on the back of a truck and then carry them out to the dump. Yeah, just, just cover them. everybody out. You yeah. have to cover them with a tarp. You have to make sure that there's no chance of the mites getting out from under the tarp, wrap them up tight, and take them to the dump and cover them over quickly so they don't spread this rose rosette virus. It is spreading, it is spreading around Atlanta right now, Gene. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I thought, but just thought I'd ask. Uh, you know, Jump so up I, and down. Walter yeah. says, you know, anytime I get in trouble, Walter says. Yeah, right. Thanks a lot, Gene. Appreciate <laughs> appreciate the vote of confidence there. Walter the rabble rouser. But I am not, right. I'm not rousing any rabble here by talking about Rose Rosette virus. It is something that needs to be controlled immediately. And if it's on county-owned property, they need to know that this is what's going on. Educate them, make sure they get it up and get it out, and don't spread it around because it is virulent and it will kill roses dead, gone. It's 7.45, and that gives Calvin his turn. Calvin, join us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, man. Good morning, Walter. Thanks hey. for taking my call. really enjoying your show this morning. Well, thank you. What's going uh, on? I got a, a Granny Smith apple tree, and this is uh, planted about three years ago. This is the first year that I've uh, really got apples on it, and it had probably about 10 apples on it. Good. They're really pretty and mature, some of them, some of them smaller. And uh, when I was down for a week and come back and when I said looked at it last night, and uh, some of the apples were turning brown, had brown spots on them. Ah, uh, the brown spots. I know what brown yes. spots are caused uh, by. Um, Calvin not only has apples, Calvin has stink bugs. So you have a nice crop of, <laughs> of apples, and the sink bugs are saying, man, this is great, Calvin. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> so, the stink bugs have come in. They pierce the skin of the apple. They, have, they don't wash their noses very, very often. So when they pierce the skin, they inject little pieces of fungus and dirt and crud like that, and that gives you the spots all over the apple. Okay. Uh, is, it the, uh, is it time to pick those uh Apples, I mean, what is it? Why, when is the mature time on a granny apple? You know, it's more determined by taste than it is by anything else. There are charts that'll tell you how long after there's a certain delineating point. And doggone, I forgot now what it is. But there is there's a certain delineating point. It's something about when the air temperatures have reached this amount, then 120 days after that point, that's when the apples are most likely to be ripe. To be truthful, Calvin, cut one off, take a slice out of it that doesn't have the spots on it, and taste it. If it tastes good, it's time to harvest. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, Walter. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks for calling, Calvin. 
404-872-0750 gets you in to take Calvin's place. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. If you're heading to Athens for the Fan Day at Sanford Stadium, or just getting outside a little bit this afternoon, better bring the sunscreen because it's going to be hot. Mid-90s this afternoon. A little bit of relief this afternoon as it goes down to the mid-70s. 30% chance of thunder showers, perhaps. Stay tuned. It allows most accurate and dependable forecast. Comes up on 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And don't forget, tomorrow you can pick up your Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for a deeper look at what Georgia voters are thinking right now. Trump, Clinton, we don't know. We have a new AJC poll that will let you know what we think. At 743, Lynn is out in Hickory Flat, and Lynn joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Lynn, good morning. Hello. Hi. Oh, gosh, I'm on the speaker. Um, Well, just go ahead and speak. We can hear you, Lynn, pretty well. Thank you for taking the call. I have an heirloom tomatoes that I planted after about April 15th, Uh and they're huge, but they have no flowers or no fruit. Hmm. One of the... (laughs) You have a yin and a yang when it comes to heirloom tomatoes. One of the reasons that we have improved hybrid tomatoes is because hybrid tomatoes are more likely to have uh, fruit at an early age and to have larger fruit and various things that are hybridized, that have been bred into them. Heirloom tomatoes, on the other hand, many times have a deeper flavor, have a more tomatoey taste that people really like, but they are somewhat less likely to be early fruiters and, and prolific fruiters and all that kind of stuff. So you, you, you pays your money, it you takes your choice. Don't expect an heirloom tomato to behave like a big boy or better girl or one of the hybridized tomatoes. So, bottom line, how tall is this tomato, Lynn? About five feet. And when's the last time you fertilized it? Um, maybe a month ago. All right. I think we give it a smidge. And by smidge, I mean half-strength miracle Grow. Go get a little box of miracle Grow, and if it says a tablespoon to the gallon, you make a half a tablespoon per gallon, fertilize the plant, and just stand back and see what happens. Temperatures have a lot to do with when a plant blooms and how well it gets pollinated, and a lot of things go on. And temperatures above 90 degrees don't do any favors for a tomato plant. But we'll give it a little bit of fertilizer right now to make sure it's got what it needs. And uh, you just wait. It wants to make flowers. It wants to make tomatoes. And there's not much you can do to baby talk it into doing that other than just leaving it to be its healthy self in the sunshine, and we'll see what happens. Okay. Thank you. All right. Nothing to it. Talk to you later, Lynn. Bye-bye. Lee comes to us from Marietta, and Lee's on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Lee. Good morning. Hey, Walter. I've got uh, a big problem, I think. I bought about 45 gumpo azaleas, mm. and I, what I was doing with them is, is lying under some shrubbery I had. They don't grow high. That's what I've, I've been told. <clears throat> but I wanted to put them under so you couldn't see the, the, the roots of uh, the stems of the other plants. Got it. So I lined my side of my yard up with them, and I also bought some larger plants, okay. uh, azaleas, uh, uh, Formosas, or I think they were knockouts. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get to the question pretty quick. I only have about a minute and a half, Lee. Okay. Well, they're all dying on me. I water, <laughs> fertilize them. I put mulch around them, and they are just 
one after the other. It's just they start turning brown, parts of the stems, and all of a sudden they just like they just ate up. And you planted them when? Oh, about last December sometime. Sometime in, uh, during that time. That was the right time to plant? If you said April, then immediately I know that the problem was water. I still suspect the problem is water, and I'll tell you what I think may have happened is watering newly planted azaleas is particularly problematic because they have such a fine and usually very, very compact and hard root system inside the pot. and. Unless you just really break apart the roots, take your fingers and a, a fork or a knife or something, and just break apart the roots and spread them out into the hole when you plant, December, well, I did. April, I did. whenever. I split them. Good, that's the thing you should do. But they still, sometimes they seem to have a hard time absorbing moisture because the roots are just so compacted in there. And I think that's what's happening. I mean, the symptoms you've given me, Lee, are exactly what would happen if water were not getting to the Well, I leaves. watered them, and my wife said, well, you watered them too much. Well, you have to make sure the water goes right at the base of the plant where the root system exists. Well, I thought I, that's what I was trying to do, because I sat out there in the yard with a lawn chair, yeah. and I'd water them. Yeah. And I'd squirt them kind of with a hard squirt, because I had mulch on them. And yeah, well, I, I don't want you to water with a hard squirt on top of the plant. The squirt needs to be at the base of the plant, underneath the plant, underneath the well, leaves. Well, then I would turn it to a, you know, a finer spray yeah. and hit just the, you know, the bottom. I didn't want to get the tops of them too much, but I, you know, I did, but not that much. I'll give you the decision that I would, here's the decision matrix I would say. If more than 50% of the azalea is brown and the leaves are crispy and dried up, I'd pull it up and take it back to the nursery and say, where's the guarantee? Most of the good reputable nurseries around Atlanta have a lifetime guarantee on their shrubs, and I think you need to exercise the guarantee. Just say, I'm sorry, something happened, they're not working, I need another one, end of story. And replace them, Lee, because if you don't, I don't think they're ever going to recover where they are. It's 7.59, we'll be back after news.